I guess I was pretty horny. What's in the bag? A shark or something? Oh, no, not the beast! God damn it! How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I'm a vampire. Kill me. Fucking files! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten to you? Pissed! Blood! That's our boy Nicholas <laughs> fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table oh oh my god asia okay (laughs) okay so what you just heard is i asked (laughs) hi welcome to the con and where do we start i'm so i'm so startled (laughs) okay so welcome back to con 60 seconds with asia and marta um i asked asia to make like a little theme song because she's musically inclined and I am not. We were working on it last time. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, we were. And she decided that she wanted me to hear it for the first time while we were recording. And I can't be happier. (laughs) I could not be happier. I'm so proud of you. I know. There's our operatic section in the beginning. (laughs) It's so good. You. It's funny because when Asia sent me, she sent me like a kind of spoof clip of it, clip, a little clip of it last, last night. And um, it had a lot of, no, it was, I mean, it was still great, um, but it had a lot of like the Nick quotes in it. But when I asked her to shorten it, you added in even more. I added more. And my favorite, I'm sorry if like you guys are listening and you hear like loud clapping is because one of my favorite Nick lines (laughs) is the, you have been dragged to the the sidewalk and beaten till you piss blood. Like that's one of. Sorry, that's going to peak. I tried to move the mic. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. So that's fantastic. I'm so proud. I'm so excited. Yay. Yay. Also, if you hear like giggles in the background, we do have a surprise guest today. Oh, my God. And he's hot. And he's super hot. <laughs> so um, we're not going to tell you who it is till later uh, for those of you who know him. So you can be surprised and excited. But if you do hear like random giggles, <laughs> that's that's what's happening <laughs> in the background. Um, all, mainly because we didn't have a mic for him. So. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, bud. <laughs> we'll fix it. We'll get there eventually. We will. Um, so this week, what are we doing, Asia? Cotton Club. The Cotton Club. 1984. 1984. This one came out uh, December 14th, 1984. Um, but there's like a really ridiculous long journey of us even getting to this point oh to my record. God. I, it, almost took, it almost took as long for us to watch this movie as it did for them to produce it <laughs> <laughs> and and then for us to record it which was another separate journey i don't even know if i want to try to recount i think we can times. do it we can do it quickly okay we don't have to go as in depth because it, it is like heart-wrenchingly exhausting basically the long story short is we tried to record this after watching the previous movie to this rumblefish mm-hmm. no well what no so what happened was hold on i'm opening girl oh it didn't i didn't i so <laughs> my gal just opened a fucking beer with her teeth but the problem is it was shooken and so it got I'm, on her boobs so i'm covered okay so we tried to watch we tried to watch cotton club after we watched not Rumblefish, but racing with the moon great movie well what happened was i i got a library card because renting these movies is getting expensive oh and yeah. we're only like foreign um 
but so I got a library card and I rented like a bunch at once and so we tried to sit through all of them yeah and it did not work because no. we were just it's just too much Nick in one day well and plus some of them are really long and we have ones yeah. like this where it's like it's Francis Ford Coppola and it's like a gangster movie so it's long well, you said it's like, Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola yeah, yeah. So, so it's like you gotta pay attention totally and we tried to watch it last yes and we were tired no it was bad yeah because like I don't know. You you have to really listen to what they're saying because they do like a lot of the passive dialogue stuff. But yeah, it was just it was just becoming like a chore. And then um, I had to return the movie and then it turned into this whole idea of like trying to find the movie again because it was rented out. And we also were not in the mood for a long time. No. So we kept putting it off to watch Game of Thrones because we were catching up. <laughs> yeah. As you know, if you've been paying it, if you've been if this is your first time watching or listening we don't watch we podcasts do i do this all the time i'm like welcome to our show <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah we, we watch a lot of game of thrones but you know that um yeah oh yeah off your shot. stop it <laughs> that's a different podcast i almost said your name don't sh- <laughs> um, um so we finally were like okay we're gonna sit down and watch this movie and we could not get a good rip of it or anything well, we, we couldn't to- it's not on any of the streaming sites no and so we tried to get a rip of it off of Popcorn Time. No mm-hmm. one's watching this movie. Right. So it wouldn't, wasn't getting seated or It wasn't whatever. playing. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to buy the movie. Oh. So I own this movie. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Rip hip hooray. I'm going to say it every week. Yes. <laughs> um, um, but I got the movie. I was like, Asia, we're ready. We sat down to watch it. It's like, it's not working. So we're like, all right, we'll try it on the PS3. It's not working. Turns out I bought this fucking movie from like Russia or some shit. It's like a European, it's like a European like burn of it. Right. So it doesn't work on any of but our all DVD of it, players. It's all English. Yeah. No. So there was nothing for me to be aware that yeah. it was European. It was just the cheapest one. It was the cheapest one because all the other DVDs were like 30 plus dollars. No, and, and this that, one was like sorry. 12. I was like, oh, it's used. It's great. And then we tried and we we're like, well, fuck. Well, sorry. <laughs> and so then eventually Asia was kind enough to find. Um, well, because then because then we tried to do YouTube rips of it to watch like 18, you know, pieces clipped together. That didn't work either. No, no, no. Finally. No, no 10 part miniseries. No. YouTube style. It skipped out on like all the important shit. So finally we did watch this film and we watched it in four by three in like, what was it? Like 360? 360p on our 4K TV. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It was bad. And we sat through the whole movie and it's like a two hour movie. I Okay, <laughs> after a while, after a while, I didn't, I didn't notice, but it was bad. What? That, how pixelated it was. I kind of forgot how pixelated I, yeah. it was, but... Well, and we agreed that if this was like an earlier, like a more recent movie, it would be even harder. But since it's old anyway, it's like grainy. We're like, oh, it's grainy. It's fine. As long as I like knew which blob was Nick, it was fine. Yeah. But even then it got confusing. I'd like to apologize to Francis Ford Coppola myself. <laughs> I'm sorry I watched your movie in 360p. <laughs> well, so that's the journey. And then and then we did proceed to record an episode and I was very willing to be like, nah, fuck the listeners. Like. This is what we're going to show them. No, it was so bad. It was pretty bad. It was kind of cute, though. We spent a lot of time not talking about the movie. Oh, really? And talking about, like, cute shit. Like what? Like, our chemistry was so good. (laughs) We're we're like, I'm really proud of each other. I'm going to put, like, a snippet in here. Okay. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, right here. Now, Dutch Schultz is... um, Well, it's played by James Ramar, which is the dad from... uh, Fuck, what's it called? Dexter. 
Um, so gross. But he's so nasty. Yeah. He's his. He looks like he's so ugly. Okay, like you know in Monsters Inc. After <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Follow me here. Okay, okay. You know in Monsters. Steve no, okay, got no, it. No, no, no. In Monsters Inc. When Randall's little like cohort gets into the scream machine and his lips yes. are all puffy yes. and he's like pale. Oh, shut the fuck up. That's that guy. <laughs> He looks just like that. Okay, you guys at home, you'll know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. You don't have to Google this man. Just think of that image in Monster Scene. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, but so we finally decided that we were like, now that we're a little bit more awake and not as rambly and annoying that, you know, we'll give the people what they want. <laughs> Still rambly and annoying, but. Oh, yeah. uh, but I'm having a better we, time. We have an outline. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So a little bit about this movie, just to give you guys the background. So this one came out in December 14th, 1984. Um, so this is his, this is the second movie in 1984 so far, I mm. believe. Because I think the first two are 83. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, New year, new so me. Then, yes. <laughs> so the funny thing about this, which I re- read to Asia last time, is, you know, when she, she actually pointed out to me that it's Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. So we were like, oh, we love The Godfather. This would be great. It's so good. And it's a little different than The Godfather. (laughs) It's like the vanilla version of The Godfather. Yeah. It's like the idea was there, but the execution was off. It's like if they went to Mel Brooks when they were writing The Godfather and they were like, we need your input, Mel. We need your input, Mel. Melanie. (laughs) Come on, Melanie. No, we're homies. I don't know Mel Brooks. I'm sorry. I wish you did. If you're listening, I don't. I'm not going to proceed to pretend. What? <laughs> What's happening? I don't know if those words went together. Continue. Go on. They went to Mel Brooks. They went to Mel Brooks for advice on how to put together realistic mob characters, and Mel Brooks like gave them a bunch of bullshit. And, they and were then like, Got they, it. they made Cotton Club instead. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. <laughs> Before we rip this movie apart, because we're going to. Um, <laughs> I mean, on the whole, I'm, we're not going to highly rate it, but... It was okay. I, it was okay. I actually, like, I I enjoyed watching it. It was, like... <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed is a strong word. No, I mean, like, I, I dealt with it yeah. as it was on screen. To be honest, like, I feel like... Oh, you know what? No. I was going to say, I feel like I was more entertained during this than... Rumblefish, but I think that's a bold face lie. No, yeah. Yeah, that's not true. They're, I mean, they're very different they're, movies. Yeah, they're not comparable. But will you hold my mic? You can breathe in it. Ominous. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. I thought it was a fine movie. Mm-hmm. It was just very average. Mm-hmm. Like, it is weird because you're going to compare it to The Godfather the whole time. The Godfather's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, and this one is, like, super vanilla and has, like, a hap- like a weird happy ending. I don't even remember how it ended. Like, Richard Gere and Diane Lane, like, oh, elope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. everyone's fine. And all your faves yeah. live. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. It's stop. <laughs> we don't know that yet. For now. For now. But as of right now, everyone's alive and happy. TikTok. <laughs> no, by the time this comes out, nothing will have happened because it comes out in like two days. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. Um, so basically, every, I'm sorry. I'm going to be ricking this whole. Every fucking time. I used to have this thing. Quick side note. 
<laughs> Quick side note, I haven't done it as much since Asia moved in, but there was a long period of time where my roommates would be like, dude, stop ricking. Like you're ricking all the time because I'll be in the middle of conversations and I'll burp <laughs> mid-sentence, but I'll keep going. And they're like, Marta's been ricking so much lately. For those of you who watch Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, it took me a second to put that together because I don't yeah, watch Rick and Morty. I, I rick it hard. That's for you. We're not going to judge her. I'm not here to judge her. I'm young. But I am going to teach you the ways. I'm naive. Um, so, the fun th- so the fun thing about this movie, I mean, I'm glad that you brought up us comparing it to, I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this wire so that it's not loud and like blah, 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 blah. I want, once you brought that up, I never thought about this, but I feel like I probably would not have judged the movie so harshly if I didn't go into it with the idea of Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. So I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Totally. Um, but knowing that as like, like prior to the film, that it did make it really hard not to compare. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's maybe why it did so bad at the box office also because Godfather came out before it. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It was like 10 years earlier. When you see those two names attached to each other, like I'm sure plenty of people went if they're like, oh, yeah, it's because wait, wait, it's like the 30s, right? Or 20s? Um, shit. I don't know, actually. Uh. It's I no 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 it starts it starts in like 1928 and it works its way up into the 30s. Okay. So cuz yeah. it's like flapper scene and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so it's like if you see a movie by Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo and it's set in like early 1900s like jazz era, it's got jazz music and mm-hmm. gangsters in it. Yeah. You're going to want to go see it and you're going to have an expectation of The Godfather. But what's confusing about that is clearly not many people did see it. Oh, because it, like if you got bad reviews, but people went and saw it, that's like different box office number. Gotcha. But whereas this film, from what I can find on Wikipedia or Google, I don't know where I am. Um, so it looks like the budget. I I got a different number this time than last time, but I'm gonna go with the number I'm looking at now. Looks like the budget of this film was forty-seven million dollars. Too much. It was too much. The box office, this is the same number. The box office was $25.9 million. Oh my so God. they didn't even break even slightly. No. Um, so it didn't do well. Just bad. Just bad. Um, and I'll quickly read like a basic synopsis so you can understand what the film is. Um, but <laughs> here, I'll do a synopsis off, off on the cuff. Yes. In 1920, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Are we in New York? They're in Harlem. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, in right. 1920s Harlem. Is it Chicago? <laughs> no. In 1920s Harlem. The jazz scene is booming. The gangster scene is booming even louder. <laughs> <laughs> this is off to a great start. Musician Richard Gere finds himself in the throes of gang war and jazz drama. <laughs> but his name isn't Richard Gere in the movie. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> Do you want? Me, I found it. If you want to read it, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna leave it all the names. The lives of various characters intersect at Harlem's renowned Cotton Club. Handsome horn player Dix Dwyer, I will mention this, is Richard Gere. Um, falls for Vera Cicero, Diane Lane, the stunning girlfriend of a famous gangster, Dutch Schultz. Meanwhile, Dix's brother Vincent Nicholas Cage <laughs> falls in with Schultz's crew. While Oni Madden, the jazz venue's proprietor, has his own mob ties. Although Dix 
goes on to become a Hollywood actor, his life doesn't get any less complicated or dangerous. Okay, that's like the one side note that I'm going to mention. The weird subplot where he's like an actor is a really weird thing. Well, what I thought was funny about that is the subplot of him turning into an actor, which is late in the film. Like it's not it, super late. It, it seems like very random. No, it seems very random. And all of a sudden they're like, mm, he's going to be an actor now. <laughs> and what it reminded me of is in Godfather. With Johnny Fontaine. Exactly. Yeah. And Johnny Fontaine's character is supposed to be Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. Because the whole song of I did it my way is like, yeah, because you did it the mob's way. Yeah. And you stole this song. Because that song, or I can't remember which Frank Sinatra song, but he did steal it. No, it's that one. It's Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah I yeah. did it my way. And he like he like stole it. And the whole like, you know, horse's head thing and blah, blah, blah. Our Italian is humming it. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so like that was the only when they when they had that, I was like the only logical viewpoint that I can understand of them doing this is because they're like, well, it worked well in, in the Godfather. Godfather. But it was a minor subplot. No, it was like so minor. Like the only reason in both films because like there's very similar arcs in this movie mm-hmm. that there are in the Godfather. For for instance, you have like the Goody Two Shoes horn player who mm-hmm. is kind of like Michael Corleone. Yeah, where he slowly, kind of like very slowly, goes to the mob scene because basically, spoiler alert, the whole movie ends with. Oh, whenever we do spoilers, we have to make our noise. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, he goes from the Goody Two Shoes horn character to actually like basically pulling the trigger on a bunch of uh, the mob bosses who have been causing problems the whole time Mm. to get diane lane out of that bad situation where she's like the dutchman's mistress or whatever um and it's like not even like said specifically it's just sort of like implied that he's like yeah i'm kind of a hard ass now after i went to hollywood and i was in a bunch of gangster movies right and now all the bitches want me yeah it's just like random like throwaway thing like he didn't have to do that no for that to happen no it was um it felt like the pacing of this film was structurally like very random mm mm-hmm. mhm but it was like entertaining enough to keep us like on edge and kind of like what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But but as far as like a streamlined story, like it's not no. at all. No. It's just kind of like and then we did this and then we did this. Well, and even, it makes no sense. Even with Nick Cage's character, mm-hmm. he, yeah, that was random. Yeah, like because basically Nick Cage's role in this movie is he is what's his name Dix. Dix, yeah. Dix's brother. Dix Dwyer. Um, Vincent. Mm-hmm. Who, at the very start of the movie, Dick saves the one of the mob bosses' lives yeah. in like a shootout or whatever, yeah. and, which is the Dutchman. Yeah, the, yeah. Du- the Dutchman, and that's how he meets Diane Lane and all this. That's kind of sets the story into motion. But he saves his life, and Vincent's like, "Oh, that's cool. You're in with the Dutchman. I'm gonna get in with the Dutchman too." Mm. And that is sort of like he has his own subplot where he kind of becomes power hungry. He's like really drawn into like the power that the mob holds. And then he forms like his own sect and becomes kind of like the antagonist of the movie. But for like a second and they squash him like a bug. Yeah. Like he's forgotten. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, look what I'm doing. I'm being noticed. And then they're like, no, dude, stop. And they like swat him away like a fly and it's over. And then that's the end of Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's like the bad, bad. It's like the bad, bad guys were like, yo, you're not bad enough. 
and you're annoying. So yeah. we're gonna fucking obliterate you. Right. And he's like, but look, I'm I'm in the press. And I, I compared it last time is it's funny because the whole time we talk about this movie, we can't help but compare the characters to the Godfather. But oh, yeah. But honestly, Vince, like if if Dix is Richard Gere is uh Michael Corleone, then Vince is the combination of the brains of Fredo and the hot-headedness of Sonny. Yeah, because he's just like a fucking angry idiot. Are you trying to kiss me? You were trying to Fredo kiss me? Love. <laughs> I always kiss him Fredo style. <laughs> I was like, why are you reaching at me? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, and it, I mean, well, I'm glad that you brought up like Nick's role in this because it's it's a lot of what we're discussing has nothing to do with him because he is so small, such a small character. Yeah, it's like he's just like a little speckle in it and he's a, the bad guy speckle for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So Dick Dwyer saves the Dutchman's life. So mm-hmm. now he's kind of like in his pocket and he's his like right-hand man and he's like hanging out with Dutch, Dutchman's uh, or Dutches because they call him Dutch too. Dutch's mistress, which is Diane Lane. And so obviously he starts falling in love with Diane Lane. And he's like, I want to steal her away. But she's like stuck in this life. And like, I'm also his like right hand man. So like, it's whatever. Meanwhile, Nick Cage is like, I'm going to find a way to get noticed by these big mobsters. But the main mobster, who's actually the owner of this club, who's even bigger than Dutchman. Secret mobster. Is uh, fucking Eddie Valiant from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) He's so lit in this. And actually, I said said to Asia, I was like, "Um, if John Belushi and Eddie Valiant, which is the actor's name is actually Bob Bob Hoskins. Um, I was like, if the two of them somehow procreated and like made a child, that would be my brother Sam Perillo. What up? What, I know you're what listening, up, Sammy. Sammy, I love you. He'll be here soon. Um, <laughs> but they look so similar. <laughs> In the whole movie, I was like, my brother, who's Italian, is running this mob. Oh my god. Well, because that's the that's the thing is like you don't really get like get it until the end. I mm. would say you don't really pick up on it. But kind of my feeling is like jazz conquers all. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's funny because it is it is really following how jazz is the MacGuffin in this one, mm-hmm. the thing everyone's fighting over. I'm using that out of context. I just learned what that word is. It's okay, Alfred Hitchcock. What up? <laughs> um, but it's kind of like the main thing that ties all these people together because then there's also subplots of like other people within this jazz club community of like the African American actors like trying or not because they're like they're not actors, they're performers. Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of like there are a lot of themes that all circulate around the club with yeah. like the mob being super involved in it, and then Nick Cage's subplot, and then like the it's kind of small but it deals a lot with the club where the performers are black and the patrons are white. Yeah, and it's very like you can't straight get down in. The line. You cannot get in unless you're performing. Like none of the because are the work like the wait staff is also black right yeah yeah but like none of the patrons no none yeah of them. until i think eventually because oh because Lawrence fishburne's back again and tom i forgot that there's a shitload of cameos in this so yeah there's a ton there's like Lawrence fishburne shows up like randomly because Lawrence fishburne is like the head of the black mob because that's, oh, that's a right. whole other I thing. I forgot that where, there is. Because that's like, because Nick Cage is obviously like, he's trying to like have a big dick over here and like kill some kids and like, 
<laughs> oh yeah, he kills children he, on accident. He kills children on accident. And he's trying to make a name for himself, but his main thing is he's like, I'm gonna kill the black gang. Oh, see, I didn't even get that. Yeah. Okay, that makes super more sense. fucking racist again. Yeah, he's all these movies. He's like, I can kill the kids and the black people, and I'll be noticed. And it's like, yeah, but you're hated. Yeah, there's literally like a part where a newspaper goes by, and it's like. It's like baby killer, most hated man in our And then he's like, and he's so excited. He's showing it to Richard Gere. He's like, they know who I am. So fucking ridiculous. He's got no. But yeah, I mean, like on the whole, we really don't have much to say about Nick himself because he's married to fucking Ferris Bueller's sister. Yeah, Jeannie. No one puts baby in the corner. (laughs) The guys call me Shauna. Shauna. Um, (laughs) but. He's just, he's got such a random part, but actually, oh my God, I forgot about this. I wanted to mention this. Um, so we're watching this movie and we're like 15, 20 minutes in. Oh, shit. yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you're going to say. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, we're like, all right, we're laying it out, blah, blah, blah. We see Tom Waits come by at a certain point. My guy, he's the real MVP. And the dude from Pet Cemetery. Yeah, good job. <laughs> the dude from Pet Cemetery's in it. And he and Tom Waits like run the club. Yeah. Um, which is under Bob Ho- Bob Hoskins. Um, there's like Lawrence Fishburne shows up, all these other people, and they're just kind of all chilling. And they're like in a back room with like an Irishman and the Dutchman. And they're like <laughs> getting buffet style food, and you know Richard Gere. Which, by the way, he's a cute little rat dude. He's a little rat bastard. He's, he's got so good sunglasses. He's got. He's so cute in this movie. All these young in actors that I'm not attracted to at this age, and I'm like, whoa, they're hot as babies. But um. <laughs> They're all chilling in this room. They're hanging out. And Asia and I are like kind of like starting to like talk to each other. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> fucking the Dutchman gets like, what did he get mad about? Because one of the the Irish mob boss was being like anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic. Yeah. I love saying words. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Abdullah Ablongata. <laughs> oh, because they had a sit down right before this with... Um, Eddie Valiant, the Dutchman, and then the Irishman. Because they were all trying to make peace with each other. Right. And, and he was like, shake his hand. And they both were like, oh, fine. And but, they did. Yeah. But then the Irishman was just like, oh, mama, mama, ma. I don't even remember what he said. But it was like. It was extremely racist. It was extremely racist. And then the Dutchman turned around and was like, ah, you son of a bitch. Step, step, step. Yeah. So he just all of a sudden out of nowhere, he takes the knife from one of the guys who's like cutting the ham at the buffet. <laughs> and just, yeah, it's not even a knife. It's like one of the fucking skewers. Yeah. <laughs> and he just glaze into him and everyone's like ah and like there was a beautiful shot though because all of a sudden i look over at asia and we're both wide mouth like whoa like shit out just of got left real. field and I, I remember as soon as that happened i was like i love this movie <laughs> and then it didn't hold up no <laughs> i thought it was just gonna be chaos from there on out but it was beautiful because then there's a shot where diane lane's standing there like startled and all of a sudden this blood just drips along her eye and she looks up and there's blood dripping from like the gorgeous like crystal chandelier yeah because he had stabbed so aggressively that the blood got <laughs> everywhere out. and so that's when we were like okay i'm in and then everything after that i was like but i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> and um because it took them so long to make they kept getting sidetracked yeah just, just like us in this podcast i know I'm sorry sorry for all of you who are, i mean thank you for attempting to follow <laughs> good luck i appreciate you all um so I guess basically so I know I know you remember it better than me but how does the how does the story end like what's the 
because uh, I don't even think we have a specific climax. It's all no. Because every just, character has their own climax, but it comes out of nowhere. It just goes and goes. Um, Nick Cage dies. Rip. How does he die? He gets shot to death in a phone booth. Oh yeah, Godfather style. Yeah, he gets shot to death in a phone booth. They lock him in a phone booth, and Jeannie's watching, screaming. <laughs> They did. They James conned him. They sunnied him. And that's why we were like, oh, it's sunny. Except Sonny doesn't die in a phone booth, but somebody at the end of Godfather does. Oh. A a toll booth? A different kind of booth. Oh, yeah, it was a toll booth. But yeah, but he wasn't in the booth. They didn't lock him in. Sorry, (laughs) we're clarifying. He's our fact man. He's cute. He's cute. He's Italian. And he's our fact guy. Who is he? (laughs) Who's that boy? See, I can sing sometimes. Um, it's okay. We're getting to your part. Yeah, we'll come to you in like four minutes. Um, I know, I know who you are. Um, I think. Well, it was. In, it's interesting you brought that up, is because actually I feel like how how the story kind of like bear, 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 random climax in the middle, which is like him mm-hmm. stabbing the dude um, over the turkey or some shit. <laughs> and then it's kind of like plateaus for a while, but not even plateaus at that level. It like lows down and then it plateaus for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the ending kind of winds up and like wraps up in the same way that the first Godfather does. Oh yeah. Or the attempt of it. There's like, um, there's this part where one of the, performers at the cotton club is doing this like insane tap dancing routine but like all the mob people are going into a restaurant just so they can get killed oh Assu- yeah assumably yeah. by richard Gere. oh because they do like a juxtaposition right where it's yeah. like it cuts between the tap dancing and then death yeah so it was like kind of beautifully done it was yeah it yeah. was it was really cool and it was like we assumed that something bad was going to happen to the people at the Cotton Club, and then it just happened to all the bad guys instead. Yeah. And that's where the ending is kind of weird, because, like, you end up having sort of, like, a happy ending, because, like, all the bad guys die, yeah. and then Diane Lane and Richard Gere end up eloping. They get on a yeah. train and leave, and then everything's fine. Yeah. OMG. Whoa. I haven't seen that movie. Spoilers. Spoilers on spoilers. Oh my god, by the way, one of our one of our friends, she texted me after the last movie and in all caps she was like, "Um, excuse me, Diane Lane is still hot and under the Tuscan sun." <laughs> I was like, I didn't say she wasn't. But um yeah, they do. They elope on a train and then they like cheers and it's like the end. That's literally the end. I do think I do think cuz I want to rate this movie with you. Okay. And then rate Nick's performance. Okay. Um but I do think with a re-edit, this film could potentially be so much better. Oh, yeah. Like I if think they the streamlined it. Is, yeah. I think the issue is with how they did the pacing and like how they told the story is where they lost the audience. Yeah. But if it if it was re- because it's from from the blurriness I saw, it looked like a beautiful film. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was great. For some reason, I remember it in black and white. I know it's not. <laughs> well, it's because the, it's cause the <laughs> opening was. I know. Uh. <laughs> I feel conned. I feel conned. <laughs> James, James conned. conned. <laughs> Good job. Um, okay, so quickly, rate, uh, what do you think you would rate this movie overall? I don't know. I'd give it like a 5.3. I think- <laughs> Out of seven, what kind of uh, statistics are we using here? <laughs> I think it's funny. It's funny because I think the first time around, I don't think you gave it that low. Oh, really? You might have. 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't give it no, more than a six. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm gonna have to say I will stop. I will stop at a six. Yeah, I'll give it a six. It had so much potential, so it makes me like sad to say. Yeah, because I feel like I really did want to. Six Nicks in a cage. Oh fuck! All right, so not only is he our Nick's cage specialist, but he's also got all the sayings. He's way funnier than us. I know this is why we can't do this podcast alone because we're so boring. I'm sorry, we. But all our guests are going to be better than us. Um, yeah, I, I would say about a six. So you said what? Five point what? Like five point three. Five point three, and then what about Nick's performance? Not exactly nondescript. He's got a good mustache. Oh, the pencil. I'm sorry. That was. Oh God, that hurt my own ears. No, you're good. Um. So when you record or when you edit, look for the really loud peak. Oh, I always do. I always do. She's like, I always do, and it's always fucking Marta. Throw some compression on that shit. (laughs) Um, Keep it under six decibels. I forgot. He. I forgot because it was blurry. But he does. He has this ridiculous little pencil mustache. Very smarmy. So smarmy. I don't know. I would say I would still keep it in like the five range, though. I would, too, because we really didn't have a this is why we came here moment. No. He doesn't have any really big freakouts. Like, he goes a little crazy Nick style as he normally but does. He's just stupid. He's just dumb. Would the question was, would the baby killing give him more or less? Um, Less because of how it was happening. If you're going to kill a baby, I want it to be entertaining. I'm not entertained by how he murdered. Ch- and they weren't even babies. They were like nine. They were like at a lemonade stand and they just like did a drive by. They did them. a drive by and they were in the wrong spot. And he like, they were trying to sell him an apple and he's like, fuck off. And Some then he like shit. ate an apple and Asia was like, is it oranges? Is it oranges? Because we thought it might be. True. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was an apple. But people apple. still died. People still died. And so did children. Bad. Yeah, I would say, honestly, I'd give him. I'm going to give him 5.1. I'll I'll agree I'm with harsh. you. 5.1, Nick's in a cage. Get out of here. You're not. It's not your turn yet. <laughs> it's coming. He's revving up. I know. Up. He's ready. Um, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I just don't think. Um, and also, his, ro- his role was so, so minor in this that it was hard to. You could have easily cut his character. Yeah, easily. Yeah, it didn't. I saw what they were trying to do, but again, fell flat. It fell flat. Like he could have been like his storyline, even if it was small, it could have been good. Yeah, but it was because it was so random and thrown in there that it felt really out of place. I I kind of liken it to like how Fredo is actually. Yeah, in The Godfather, where he's just like he's just a fool and he's causing problems. Ah. <sighs> But Fredo was such a necessary character. Nick was not. They just tried and they failed. On they tried every, and they failed. Every aspect. I know. You can't, once you once you do the Godfather, just fucking retire. Stick to making wine and let your daughter ruin the rest of the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia. I'm going to be honest, I have not seen the third one because I've been told not to. <laughs> so, I own it. I'm scared to. We'll get there eventually. Well, I think um, I think that's all I have to say about Cotton Club. No, I'm Same done. With you. I'm content. Done, and you should be done too. I am. I'm trying. <laughs> She's like Marta. Please, shut the fuck up. No, let <laughs> let our boy speak. I know we're ready. So we have a special guest today. Um, he will be reoccurring on a couple episodes. We have our Nicholas Cage specialist, uh, Dom Diastis. Love the D D D. What's your middle name? Is Dom it? doesn't matter, Diastis. <laughs> Triple D. <laughs> Four. No, that's an M. <laughs> DDMD. <laughs> well, 
Here, Dom, come say hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, I'm hi, I'm Dominic. I am not many people know I am actually a I am a Nick Cage uh, enthusiast and specialist, and I've researched heavily into his personal life in the past fifteen minutes. In the past <laughs> fifteen years of my life. Oh, I do. I actually I want to ask you a couple questions before you begin. Yeah. Because once you because once you're in, everyone's going to know you are an established member of the Gone and Nixty Seconds podcast. I was like, what is our podcast? Gone and Nixty Seconds. Gone and Nixty Seconds podcast. Um, are you? Because I know we kind of asked you like on a whim, but do you have you seen a lot of the Nick movies? Like, are you a fan of Nick? I am a huge fan of Nick. I love I love Nick. I've seen a lot of the later ones. I haven't seen a lot of his earlier. Yeah. In- incredible movies. <laughs> um. <laughs> what a bold faced lie. He only knows as much as our podcast allows. That's true. Do you listen to the podcast? He's not. I, I haven't had a long enough drive. <laughs> To be able to listen to it, yet. you can do it in spurts. Oh no! Well, because the second two episodes are like thirty minutes. That's like getting around the fucking hills in Hollywood. I know where you live. That's true. Yeah, I've been fun employed for a while, so I haven't had to drive fun very employed. far. Freelance and fun employed. Well, okay, I got it. They go hand in hand, just like Nick Cage and good and bad movies. Yeah. Hand in <gasps> yeah. Hand. What um? What's your what's your favorite Nick movie? Ooh, am I going performance or am I going like actual movie movie? Mm. Both, yeah, I want to hear both. <clears throat> oh man! And if okay. it's the same movie, then great. It's not. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, not. you can't. That's you can't. I think best overall, like Nick movie. Oh my god! Oh, that's. I know. Is... It's hard, especially for us, because like I, I know I've explained this, but like, I really have not seen as many as I thought I had. So he's, like, he's I got... can pick the favorites that I've seen, but on the whole, I'm like, oh, I don't know. On the whole, feels good. Preparation age yes. does feel good. Um. <laughs> On the whole, that's not a Nick movie. No, that is 100% Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. Oh shit, that is it is hard. It's okay. Can I cuss on this show? What? That's all we've been doing. <laughs> Just double checking. Oh yeah. I don't know if you guys try to get this trending on YouTube. No. No. <laughs> it's a. It's a no. Um, it's hard. Like you want to go like directly to like face off i feel like that's one of like the first nicks i I haven't seen it have you seen it what see i know what i know that's why that's why i'm doing this i'm doing this for that reason my god i know that's that made that teeters on like performance and and just good movie okay i know everyone keeps telling excellent movie i'm so thrilled to do it you're watching that are you judging john travolta's performance or are you judging nicholas cage's performance since john travolta is nicholas cage right but nick but nick cage is it's the basis of the movie i don't know anything about it you've never seen the cover no never do you have any okay so now i want to now i'm gonna ask you a question what what is what is if you had to guess what the plot of well, the movie face off is no, you still don't. <laughs> i'll give you oh, one okay. hint it's not a hockey movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god our laughs are turning into each other's <laughs> <laughs> This isn't about me. Anyways, okay, <laughs> what, okay so Face Off? Mm-hmm. Uh, face Off is, uh, I'm, God, I want to pick it as probably like my f- best one. Gone in 60 Seconds is great. Um, that's, yeah. Con Air. That's why we chose the so- the title. I'm going to go one of my favorite uh, performances of Nick Cage because I have not seen Wicker Man. Uh, me I hear, neither. I hear that's a, up there with. Uh, Evan Halleck will be there and so will Michelle McGarry. Oh, I just want to watch gonna do, it. We're going to do a live it? one for that. Sweet. We're going to watch it live so you guys can hear I would my say, reaction. I mean, um, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, Port of New Orleans. 
he's a fucking madman. I don't oh, even know man. what that, that one came is. out in like 2008, I want to say, and it was I forget what director he's like famous, but he's like foreign director, and it was like it's just a, insane. Alfonso he's in Cuaron? New No, no, <laughs> no. Nick Cage is a lieutenant in a police force in New Orleans, um, the city of sin. Do you want to do that episode with us? Sure. Is that the one you want? I I, I want to come for a lot of them. Well, you're gonna be you're gonna be in a lot of them. Yeah. But like for one that you can like partake in the actual conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh yeah that that one's a pretty that's a pretty Nick performance. Fuck yeah. He comes out of the cage in that Nicholas. one. Ah, hey, my I'm, ass. I'm, that's gonna be also my other job. So I'm gonna have so many puns. So. No, that's good because he's he's already coming up with more than we did. I mean, you guys should have a graphic of like when you rate them. It should be like Nick heads like, and if you're doing like a half, it'd be like you know like South Park when they have the Canadians where it's just like half the head, maybe like above the <laughs> top half. Of the okay, okay. That's how many Nicks in the cage for ah, your rating system. How many Nicks in the cage? We got. I need a lot of. Um, if we could get some fan art going, for anybody the f- for the like twelve of you that are here, <laughs> which is up from the four that were last week or the week before, which was our parents. My dad doesn't know how to work anything, so he's not listening. Sam. So what do you what are um what do you have for us today? Man, I have. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, Nicolas Cage is just an endless amount of information. Well, don't good and bad. Well, like, don't don't give us too much because you want to s- save some for other episodes. But oh, what are what are um? Did you type all this just now? Yeah, some oh, wow. of it. Yeah. So what are what are some of your? Well, here, listen. Since we were just talking about since we were just talking about New Orleans. Okay. <clears throat> this one's not too crazy, but it's it's definitely interesting because it's non-committal. Like he hasn't actually commented on it, but people, it's it's the facts are there. Okay. Um. So we're talking about New Orleans, um, and Bad Lieutenant. That's where it takes place. Um. So in the St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans, um, there's a nine-foot pyramid tomb that carries a uh, Latin inscription, and I'm not even going to be- start to pronounce it. It's omniab uno, everything from one. Um, and so it's it's a giant pyramid, right? Yeah. And um, Nick Cage, I think, in around 2010, actually bought the plots to this pyramid, but he has not specifically commented on whether or not he's going to be buried there. Oh, interesting. For when he dies. See, it's funny because as soon as you brought it up, um, I one of my coworkers who who was my previous coworker, she was there, took a photo of it. We posted her picture on the Instagram page. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, I'm gonna be buried alive with his dead body in this thing. Um, but I didn't know that he hadn't like he hadn't specifically clarified that his body will be buried there. No, he hasn't clarified like so. But the, I know he owns he it. He owns it. Um yeah, another little known fact that Nick Cage is actually, he's huge into the Egyptian cultures, like the gods and Ray and Ra, whatever. I don't oh. know. I'm not. how he worships Horus, right? Yeah, he that's it. He worships Horus. Yeah. Which one's that? The, the eagle. The bird. <laughs> <laughs> the eagle. Um, yeah, so he's never actually us? commented on it. Um, oh, man, there's a lot. I know, I'm excited. Um. I don't know. Like I, I feel like I want to pull them out as like they relate to the different movies that we talk about. So for Cotton Club, what was that set in nineteen twenties? Yeah, um, <clears throat> a little bit into the thirties, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is actually here's a really weird fact. Fun. Obviously, Nick Cage is known. He's a method actor. Was a method actor. Actually, he has his own style of acting. But for a period piece, for it's not doesn't go back to the twenties. He obviously wasn't alive then. Right. Um, 
But for a Vietnam War movie, he actually had two of his own teeth pulled because his character in the movie was tortured. He had somebody pull his teeth. Is that Time to Kill? Which movie is that? That is... Which is coming up? It was... Oh, no, Birdie. Oh, that's next week! Birdie! He had two teeth pulled for Birdie? Two of his own teeth pulled on that movie to feel and experience the pain and torture that his character went through in the movie. Wow. You know what? I did actually know that. Did you? Birdie is what we're watching next week. I have it on DVD. That is a... We're, I mean, we're going to go into it, but so far, that's my favorite movie he's done. It's fan-fucking-tastic. Damn. It's so good. Like, it's a good movie. He actually had both those teeth, um, I think, plated in gold and put on a chain, and he actually wears them around his neck. Every day? I don't know if it's every day. I think for special occasions. It's like, instead of a cross. Like his, like his annulled... Marriage? Which one? <laughs> no, the most <laughs> the most recent one that lasted four days. Three days? Yeah. yeah. Was a, was what a, did you find out about the Purple Rain? <laughs> I haven't actually. Oh, I, I, you know, I, obviously I'm a Nick Cage enthusiast and I have all of these facts about him. So every time something comes up. He is a philo- he's a Nick philosopher. I'm a cageographer. Thank you. I map out all of the crazy things that happen in Nick Cage's life. And that's why we have him here today. That's why I'm the resident professional. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that video yet. I was hoping we would actually watch it. Maybe awesome. I don't know how long it is. I, maybe I've also heard the fact that it's not just one video; it's him doing it at multiple karaoke bars. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea for those of you who don't know yet is is he's <laughs> been so distraught about the the whole situation. I know we've talked about it. It's three day marriage. It's really hitting him hard. It's it was like four days, but um, so give him a little bit more credit. Um, Sorry. but they got married and. He was just distraught because she just wanted his money. Yep. And it's just, oh, but Asia then you have needs to, to say, say what money because. Excuse me? No, I'm kidding. Oh, sorry. Did I steal it? No. I was just going to say that he was so worried. He wanted to get it annulled from her because he's like, she just wants my money. And then they got it annulled and she's like, I want spousal support. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, God damn it, I knew it. And he doesn't have he doesn't have that much money. He had back taxes he had no to pay. Money. He's buying pyramids. He he did buy a pyramid. Um, uh, I have a list His, of how of the crazy shit that he's bought. I, oh, I can't. I there's so much. There's and it's, it's insane amounts. I want to ask you this because I saw it once. Mm-hmm. I kind of I don't want to take it away from you though. Right. What? But I want to talk about it. I read. Somewhere that he did mushrooms with his cat. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that is. Thank uh, you for verifying. I, I have I have a quote about from that one actually. Um, I'm just gonna paraphrase it. I don't actually need to read the quote. Um, but <laughs> it's it's a very Nick Cage. Uh, he said he said his cat originally liked to do mushrooms. He said he used to have a bag of mushrooms in the fridge that his cat would. Uh, dabble on it would just he'd pull it out and his cat would eat it and he would watch his cat start to just trip on shrooms so one day he decided he's like fuck i'm gonna i forget his cat's name i have it here um our professional oh yeah his, his cat's Dom name is lewis um his cat's name is lewis his cat's name is lewis and lewis is addicted to shmur. yeah so lewis liked to eat uh the magic mushrooms and <laughs> he said uh oh you know what my cat lewis is does these he seems to have a good time i'm gonna do it too so he did it, and he ended up laying on a bed for hours. Wait, wait, I have to stop you. So he bought the mushrooms for the cat, and then I don't eventually know. was like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. There's <laughs> n- the story of how they were acquired never was told. It was just that he had a bag of magic mushrooms in his refrigerator. Got it. And, and that his cat it. would, would yeah. eat them. Got it. And okay. trip the fuck out. Got it. Uh, so he's like, maybe I should try this one day. And so he did the mushrooms with the cat and laid on his bed for hours, and then 
by the end, somewhere at the trip, they were just staring into each other's eyes, and he had realized that this cat was his long lost brother. <gasps> his cat Lewis. Does he have a brother? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. Here okay. it, here's the quote. Uh, let's, we were let's staring at each other, not moving, but he would stare at me, and I had no doubt that he was my brother. Louis. Louis the cat. Louis Coppola. Yeah. I bet he's AKA probably Lewis he's Cage. probably in in the pyramid waiting for him. In that's who's in it. New that's Orleans. why we're not discussing. That's who's there now. Well. Yeah. I think that's a good fill of of Dom Quotes. this week. All right. Not of you. No, no, no. I want to see you later. <laughs> Love you. Um, thank you so much for helping us and being on the show today. Oh, absolutely. I um absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we uh, so Dom will be on the show. Pretty well, often, he's going to be our most regular character. I'm becoming, and I've got, I've got a game planned for us a little bit later. Yes. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be like two truths and a lie. Yes, Nick Cage style. <laughs> it is. I'm going to come up with a clever pun for it later. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Ugh, that sounds great. Um, I'm. We're going to end because I have to pee really bad. Mm. Um. Okay. Did you only spend 150 no. <laughs> million dollars? No more. No more. You're, You're done. done. You're done. You're done. Um, Galasia, this is a good one. I'm glad we redid it. Yeah, it's the same length, but it's more entertaining. Very true. And yes, more entertaining. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's how the word. No, Dom was here. It made it so much better. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and like and like and subscribe. Um, you can (laughs) you can listen to us on any podcast app. Uh, you can follow Dom. Do you wanna do you wanna do any handles? What's your Instagram? Do you wanna do anything like that? No. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, he's such a car. <laughs> he's a maestri. Um, well, uh, our Instagram is what is it? Asia. Gone in sixty seconds. Yes. And how's it spelled? G. Oh no no no! no. <laughs> I'm talking about nixty. Oh, spelled N I C S T Y. Yes. And then um, we're also on Twitter now. We have a Twitter. Ginspod. Uh, Ginspod. G-I-N-S pod. And um, if you want to send us anything at all relating to Nick, <laughs> could be anything. <laughs> send him to us. Send him to me. Um, uh, yeah. So if you want to email us at all, it's gone in 60 seconds at gmail.com. And I think that's it. We did it. We did it. We did a better one. I'm glad we didn't put out some bullshit and we put out some like minor shit. This is some fucking quality shit, guys. Quality Nick. It's quality Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Dom Diaz. Dom Diaz. Everyone. All right. Have a good night, guys. You too. (laughs) (laughs) That might be cool.com. You never know.